against the wall, checking out the scenery. All I see is everybody trying to get with me. So I continue to play a crazy, sexy, cool, lost all composure when I laid my eyes on you. We just want to know if you can kick some game. Come up something more clever than just your name. See, it's like this. I want to take you home. But you gotta show me that your game is on. You know the song? I think so. I've been watching you, watching me, and I know you want it. Mm. But it depends on how you kick your Your game. There you go. Lisa Lopez, (laughs) it's been a month. I called you twice, you called me once. And be mine so we can make love on the 50 yard line. The legendary left eye. Okay, it was we the anniversary of her passing. Oh my word. And I thought it would be appropriate for us agree. to, you know, just play a little homage. Oh, do the intro homage. song. A little homage. homage. We're not paying hors d'oeuvres, we're paying homage. But, uh,. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. And welcome back to this ghetto uh, that mm, we mm, call mm. adulting, adulthood. Life. Man. Look at us. I, I oh, people on. are missing your tests and trials. And really? <clears throat> they are. They're missing it. Well, let me just give the people what they want. Thank you. Welcome back to Getting Grown, ladies and gents and germs. Uh, where we discuss the test of trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real <laughs> live adult in the year of our Lord, 2022. A magical year. Oh, yes. How a are you doing, transition. Sis? I'm well. You know, I have had, um, I've had a good week, actually. Wondrous. I've had a, it's, uh... <laughs> you know it was not a bad week last week was very long mm, agreed it was like it was very long very 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 like by wednesday i i just by tuesday i thought it was thursday Whew. yeah Man. it was one of those kind of weeks but it was productive and um you know it was a nice weekend uh and yeah you know i just I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have these outer body experiences where I'm kind of watching transition happen. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Out of body. And you feel like transition yes. is happening. Does that am I making sense? Yes. So uh yes, that is where we are now. I feel like there is a shift coming. I'm not quite sure of what that shift is. Clearly he knows what his fucking shift is <laughs> in the gears right now, all that goddamn noise. <laughs> but <laughs> you know yeah i'm feeling a shift i'm feeling a transition and i'm ready and open and to receive whatever that is because it's good For things sure. how I, are you I, I i i will stand in that with you i believe that god is up to something don't hmm. know what exactly hmm. but i hmm. have been in his face okay i've been in the lord's mentions <laughs> Just yeah. telling him with great detail, like, hey, say man. Oh, yes. Let's 
just get to the meat of the matter, girl. <laughs> Let's talk. About so it. it's so funny you said it that way. You said I've been saying it in great detail. And that is where I have been as far as my conversations mm -hmm. spirit as well. It's mm -hmm. being not only intentional, um, shout out to my therapist, but being intentional about the intention, asking how to ask the ask. You know what yes. I'm saying? Let me Very all good. you hoes can get on Instagram and talk about manifestation and wave your sage in the air like you just don't care. And that's cool. And I'm not knocking that. But we do have to really, really start to be specific. And that starts with you asking yourself and really sitting with yourself. What is it I want? And I'm not saying I, ju I just want to have a nigga. No, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you want? It's be specific about it. It's mm -hmm. interesting because, you know, I study... <laughs> I study change and transformation, specifically how organizations change, right? Mm -hmm. And if we think about sort of processes of, of transition, what sort of uh, characterizes a transition point and what characterizes a change agent or someone who knows how to catalyze change or disrupt a narrative or a convention in some sort of mm -hmm. way. And so when I think about that in my work, I have been... I have made a commitment within myself recently that I'm going mm -hmm. to apply the same, the same um, structured and methodical process that I go about my work. Yes. Why not apply that to my, to my life? Right. You know, if, if, it, if it works for these institutional leaders, surely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can apply these mm -hmm. principles in my own life. And that requires, you know, you know, there is no change of trans transformation without assessment, mm -hmm. without inventory, mm. like mm. sort of thinking about thinking about what I have, what I know, mm. what I have access to, what I don't have, what I need. You know, what are the what are the questions I'm and, and being honest in that inventory? It, it's also about like planning, dreaming, reconceiving the future, if you will. And then mm -hmm. thinking strategically about what, you know, you know, and, and it, what what to do. And essentially, I'm not hold you. This is what we tell people at work that it is just a bunch of trial and error. And inherent in that process is what mistakes. And once I got to the place where I was comfortable with mm -hmm. with not doing this perfectly, mm -hmm. I don't know what the how the heck this is going to work out. But you know, I'm going to give throw my best effort at this particular path forward. And if this turns out not to be that girl, then that just means that I have to reassess and try again. It doesn't mean that you throw the whole scenario away and so after you get to that place of trial and error then the final step is thinking about sustainability so what do yes. i need how do i institutionalize this what do mm. i need to put in place in my life to sustain the change that i that i seek and so it it as i think about and i don't have all the answers girls but i think that um you know just just that intention like you said yep. sis and that specificity, 
I feel like I am very much in that assessment and interrogation phase. And when I say that I've been in the Lord's mentions, it has been like, okay, so this is what I think, God. I <laughs> this mean, is how let me I tell you something. Surmised. This Stalker is what I surmised status. from this. I've been a barb for spirit, okay? <laughs> Can you just like, explain Hey, to guys, me? it's me again. Hey, it's your girl, Margaret. Like, like, mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> and I'll be talking to God in real time. Now, Lord, you see what she did? You see... You see what she did? Now I need you to tell I've me. I've been which talking way to go in present here. present positive. Present positive is is what I have to do. Is That's the only way. I've got to speak uh as if things are happening mm-hmm. in a positive manner. And they're eventually they're going to they're you know, they're gonna turn that direction, but I gotta put my mind in that way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and take all the other steps that I have to as well. For sure. Um, in addition to, you know, also expressing my gratitude and recognizing my gratitude and everything else that comes along with that. It's also about understanding. And y'all said, ladies and gentlemen, this is where you see where science and spirit meets. Because Kia just sat down and broke down for you <laughs> in an academic manner how to spell it out. And how to how to take those steps. And you've got to do that. Like you said, it starts with an assessment, whether that's an assessment of something on the academic side of things or an assessment of self. And then you go from there. So we're on the same accord. We're on the same accord in our individual journeys. I love it. I love to see it. And the collective journey also of getting grown. Shout out to everybody who's listening out there to our Married at First Sight recaps on Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be having these people up on these pre-shows and (laughs) post-shows and things. Get your girls. We want to get in on the discussions. Yes, we do. I think they need. I think they need us. I really think they do. Y'all ain't never seen two niggas like us. And I won't Mm-mm. say nigga on TV. I swear to God. Not on Lifetime. But you won't. No, you won't. No, not on Lifetime. I Mm-mm. won't say nigga. I promise. Mm-mm. You know? So you all hire all <laughs> kinds of actors and things that say nigga in their real lives and fucks <laughs> and all kinds of shit. But they manage to get up there. And I can do the same thing. And you know Kia can. So have us come in for the mess. They probably don't want us and Lindsay in the room at the same time. Well, I don't want to be in the room with Lindsay neither. I don't either, because I might walk out. It would be real reality show. Like, I don't, what do you be talking about? Like, what are you really, what are you really talking about? And she I don't like really that sad. nobody holds her feet to the fire in a way that she really, 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 really needs. But if I may, I think that Lindsay is a classic example. Narcissist. Well, of narcissism, but also in the ways in which the world coddles Mm. and caters to white women Mm. in a particular Mm. sort of way and i know that folks may feel away and get in a bag because i said that but i believe that there is a there's and i think that this speaks to sort of you know you heard scholars and folks like Brittany cooper talk about how Mm -hmm. how white women weaponize their emotions Mm -hmm. and i think reading that chapter and then watching this show like you really see how a white woman being emotional has a capacity to flip every situation and center her. Yes. It yes. makes every it erases everybody else's and uh, uh, needs resources, <laughs> it yeah. identity. It erases Ooh. everything and makes that particular woman in distress the center of the situation. Mm. And sort of, sort of, it's interesting in how it's the ways in which they they engage her on that show yeah i'm like how do you 
How are you offended that somebody is asking you to not touch them in a way that that makes them uncomfortable? Well, how, how are you, are you feeling offended? a way about that? But the fact that 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 girl continues to make that man try food that he don't want to eat. I'm going to just dip your French fry into this pineapple curry. I mean, Nigga, I love. I don't want your pineapple curry. But insisting upon it. If you uh-huh. offer someone something and they decline, like, I feel like that should be the end of the conversation. But she That's it. insists and she judges yeah. him for not wanting to eat the things that She's she likes or for not being She's like her. And, you know, we don't want to get mm-hmm. too deep into the details of this, but yeah, you all have over to tune to into the Patreon, Patreon for all into of that. It. We're almost at decision day from Mary mm-hmm. to First Sight. Mm-hmm. We're going to see who is going to make it and who is not. And I'm going to tell you what. If I was a betting woman, I believe that I would win a, lo- a great deal of money because I don't. I think I, so, too. Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But, you know, we'll just see because but you I never can right. tell. You, you never, can. These people. But I'll just... tell you who's going to say yes. That damn uh, Katina. But anyway. Oh, oh God. Even Let's though this, this boy is actually <laughs> telling her to say no. In so many words, yes. I feel like he's copping out because he was like, I love her so much she should do what's best for her, which is leave me. It's like, nigga, just say you don't want this. But that's not. Yeah. Say you want your white queen to ride off into the sunset with. (laughs) And I think everybody would be able to just accept that from you. I mean, we would. Because at least this is what we expect from you. So we would absolutely accept it. Isaac. Um, (sighs) But either, in any case, in any schnoo. I'm glad that yes. you're doing Have well. We... I'm glad that you're having a great week. You as well. Um, and I am, I am, listen, I'm very, I'm, I feel like I am, I'm, I went to the doctor today. I'll talk about that more in Black Women Self-Care, but mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I think I'm pretty much back to 100% aside from just being yes. a little tired. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, we're over the hump and looking forward mm. to what's next. And we love to see it. We just out here, hopefully Grateful. closing deals and doing a big thing. Huh. Amen to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this trash. Let's do it. It is time for the basura. And it is basura today. It is <laughs> it's a lot of basura today. So you know, I there's a there's a young woman oh, who we all know by the name of Black China. <laughs> Black, um, China. Black China. Black <laughs> China. Um, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> also, also, I'm so oh sorry. I'm very. I'm actually. That's how XD says it. Black China. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> Black China, also known as Angela. Mm-hmm is in a very um, tumultuous, um, ugly custody battle, uh, court hearings and things she's dealing with. Um, It is Black China versus everybody. Lord have mercy. And, you know, we have over the weeks heard and seen some things that probably lend to uh some redirection mm-hmm. um in parenting um trying to be real 
you know. <laughs> y'all see, y'all see me over here. So, this is working. You know, I'm hard. working very hard, right? Very blue collar right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is because while there is a lot of validity to the concerns around her parenting. Woo, I'm proud of myself. Yes, You're doing bitch. well. You're doing quite well, I have to Nigga. say. You, you, I'm impressed. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, me too, shit. Uh, so while um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of valid concerns, yes. uh, we don't ever like to see a black woman be piled on by a group of white people it's hard to it's hard to watch especially in a courtroom right with especially the, with the in a courtroom in a, in a system that's designed yes. against us for sure yes indeed so i just wanted to talk a little bit more about that because i actually as i was watching things unfold very loosely and from afar from a distance i saw one of your tweets i ran across one of your yes, tweets i had to be honest. um where you talked about how it did not sit well in your spirit. I have to say, and I will be the first to say that I don't know anything about Black China. Like, like literally, All my I know knowledge is she can't take this... her kids to Chick-fil-A. And Listen, she shouldn't because they're homophobic. But they're also closed I don't on know Sunday. anything about, you know, I've seen, I've, I've not really been, I don't know much about her career or why you know her 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 claim to fame i don't know much about i know of her but i don't know anything about what she does but i have to say that you know as you said just sort of seeing this it's it's the way that this particular family is talking about her in in the media and i don't know you know I don't know anything. I can't speak to the validity of what they're saying, whether or not I believe it or this or that. I just don't, it just don't sit well with me to see uh, a very popular and powerful family like mm -hmm. the Kartrashians. Mm -hmm. Just sort of hanging this black woman mm -hmm. out to dry. Um, mm -hmm. And it don't sit well with me to see no Chris Jenner I mean, call they, no black woman ghetto. And they're called like not only that, but like you know, there's lots of very serious Ooh. allegations being thrown around. She's yes. Chris Jenner is alleging that she believed that Black China was going to kill her son, and I just felt that, like mm. black folks get shoot for less, get shot mm. for less. Like we get, I mean, you know, I just. Mm -hmm. You know, just the it's language. So dangerous. Yes. Yeah. And, and and like I said, I don't know. Now, now, it doesn't take uh, a rocket scientist scientist to figure out that there's lots of drama and heat and dysfunction and all. Oh, of this it's situation. no hidden figures, honey. It's Listen, no hidden figures. Nothing about but... this. You know, we're all clear that you know there's probably lots of mess on both sides of this equation. Absolutely. But it's just—I mean, it just don't sit well with me that no. these sort of allegations are sort of being painted in the media. Because once this stuff is out here, it's here to stay. Yeah. And regardless yeah. of what actually happens, the result of these particular court proceedings, like mm -hmm. I just like you know, I think we can pretty much call. Uh, you know, Black China's career 
we can the, she's taking an L this is done like I mean like how do you recover yeah. how do you bounce back from from something like this I mean aside from I'm sure she'll continue to do her little show down to the Zeus or whatever down to the Zeus but mm-hmm. we all know Zeus stays in the red budget wise yeah um and well, I don't really know that, but I, I was about to say allegedly because we don't know allegedly. Anything. Oh, I can only assume as much. <laughs> we don't and know because anything. y'all are allegedly in the red. I don't need you coming for me. Period. But because <laughs> I'm, I'm not allegedly in the red. <laughs> Ain't <Exactly>. no allegations there. <laughs> but I do. Yeah, I um, you know, she. I don't really know the longevity of her career, and so, um. It's really sad to see that the the bit of what might have really been able to she might have been able to hold on to is being ripped apart as well as her humanity in general uh, by this family. And again, like I said, it, you 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 can do a lot of things, and you may not be the best person on this planet, but everybody deserves a little humanity. For sure, you know what I'm saying. And do and they are they are literally literally hanging her out and beating her publicly and if this Um, is not a lesson mm, for us to mm, be thoughtful mm, and intentional and prayerful uh about who we choose we procreate with to you know begin to start a family with to start a family thank you yes Mm. I mean, and, and I know that, that life comes. happens and, you know, sometimes that thing will get away from us and we've all been in situations that we regret being in. So I'm not saying I, I too, if, <laughs> but for the grace of God, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, if this is not a time, like we were talking about, uh, on the pre-show, if, if this is not, if this doesn't bring about a reflection that says, you know what, it it, it could have been another way. Mm. <laughs> it could have mm. been, you know, my situation, not what I, I thought it would look like at this age and mm-hmm. stage in my life. But, you know, what if it was like this? What if it was like this? Mm. I mean, because Black China been going through it. Okay, girl, the girls is out here. She don't have the kids, but one day a week. (laughs) We hope one day she... I hope hope that that's not true. I hope that this is a joke. What is happening? I don't, because that's what, that's, uh, uh, that's what they said. Ooh, that's what Jesus. the fathers said. They said, they I mean, both of them, I mean, the just piped in. And that was, the the, that was the crazy part. Cause you got the one who's a part of the family Listen. and then you, who's a part of that family. And then you got the other one who is a whole pedophile who is over and, here. Yeah, like, and still, and by the way, <laughs> don't leave me out. How much now, how did you get such a wonderful premium? Listen. Because I'm paying and I'm like, it's, that's not a great Help is what look. We need, oh and God. again, Again, whatever validity there is to whatever accusate of, you know, some accusations or what have you, it is just it is never going to sit right with me to watch them put no black woman out there like that and to have no white family like that use their power and will their power to to really like diminish this girl's whole everything. everything. What do you all gain from taking everything away from her? I don't even know what they're arguing about. I know it's custody and all of these other things, but I just I just feel like this is a very ugly, ugly, ugly court battle 
And mm-hmm. for maybe about 57 seconds, I allowed myself to watch Tokyo. Now, Tokyo done got put out the courtroom. They said that she's a threat and she does, they don't feel safe with her there. She that's got, what the Kardashians That's said. what they said. And so the, they the are, judge they, they are asked them, asked, the, the judge literally put Tokyo out of the courtroom. And so like whatever advocate that Black China had, even in her mama, they eliminated that. Wow. They wouldn't even let and this girl really have a mother And what's really sad about that is there. her and her mother were estranged for this so is long. This what I'm and saying. Recently got on good terms. And now you all don't even let her have one, one bit of support one. in there. You're just going to let them pile on like this? Yeah. It's a lot. It's that's a lot really nasty. In. And I mean, that's, that's really like nasty. I said, I don't know. And I'm not out here, you know, I know that Black China probably has her faults and has contributed to this in her own way. But I just don't, mm-hmm. it, there's no way that something like this could be a fair fight. And it's just no. really one-sided and it don't sit well with me. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I don't really bang with the Kardashians like that. But I just think, like, just in the larger... I think it's a combo. I think I don't yeah. think it would sit well with me for anybody to be... Yeah, I just feel like anybody given, to be given what to we know about woman. the court system, given what we know about the, uh, you know, inequitable ways in which business of this matter is conducted in our country, there's just no way that this can be a fair fight. And it just seems no. like... It just seems like... It's just, it's just like I said, it don't sit well with my spirit. I just don't feel no. comfortable watching it. I don't like to mm-hmm. hear about it. It makes me, it makes me actually quite sad. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like it. And I actually, I feel bad for her in that sense because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody deserves thing deserves to be held accountable like that. That's not accountability. That is accosting, and y'all are stoning this girl, and that ain't right. That doesn't, and this just lends to the larger conversation about. The justice system and mm. and the flaws within it and how it is not really set out. Because if you guys really wanted to see her be a good mother, you would focus on some sort of form of rehabilitation to help her um, in her journey to become that. But instead, you just want to kill every bit of her spirit and make sure that she has no relationship with her child. And that's the dangerous and the nasty part about it. Um but that is that is what's going on with that. This will be very brief because I don't really have any opinions or thoughts or anything on this. Elon Musk bought Twitter. I hear Elon Musk name way more than I way more than I ever wanted would to. like to. Yeah. And um, so I, I don't, don't know really what know what this means for, for us as users. I'm still sort of uh, really trying to wrap my brain around around that. Um, I know that there's been a lot of rhetoric around Elon Musk. Uh, one of his one of his larger criticisms of Twitter is that, you know, um, he doesn't believe that it. Um, something about encroaching upon First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and so that concerns me. <laughs> um. Mm. Because I do, mm. I do believe that this is in response to some of the, some of the uh, things that Twitter has put in place to safeguard, uh, uh, safeguard, you know, users against like hate speech and mm. and violence and you know all all manner of 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 that. But um, those those kinds mm. of things rather. But like I said, I don't, I have not really 
dug into what's going on with this and what mm-hmm. this is going to mean for us users but i think i think what it will what i will say about it is that we need to stay woke we have got to be very intentional and diligent um about collecting the information that we need so that we can make decisions about how we use twitter going forward mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. means yeah i i agree um i am curious to see how that comes out and what happens from that because yeah i don't know he just don't that's not a man who sits well in my spirit Mm-mm. i don't trust it uh, um do you remember Choppa from making the band i think i do wasn't his name mm-hmm. like fred or something no that was fred uh- <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Chopper was a, was like a stage name, and his given name was Fred. But maybe okay, okay. I think Fred had the 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 raspy voice. Yes, and so Chopper this is somebody was young else. from New Orleans. Okay. He's the one. He had a bit of acne. He was kind. I think he was tallish. He was a little taller than the other ones. Had braids. This. I think I know who you're talking about. Very slim. He very thin. Has been arrested on charges. Of pimping. Oh dear. <laughs> well, oh lord. Yeah. Oh wow. How old is mm-hmm. he? Okay. Well, I uh, guess that doesn't look. really matter. But no, it's, I think we should. Let's see. What is he? So this is what he's been doing since he's since, apparently he's since been where is he in the world? Like this is happening in New Orleans. Uh, hold on, I'm about to. Oh chop wow. Up. Mm-hmm. What a time. So he has been arrested on um, sex trafficking charges, oh, which wow. is what's attached to Very that. Very intense. Uh, and so TMZ reports that enforcement is accusing Chapa of being a pimp. They detained him in Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, up the street. And he's being extradited to Las Vegas. Well, what the heck is he doing up here? Chopper got caught after authorities looked at his IG account and noticed multiple posts related to prostitution and pimping. Really? In one of the posts, Chopper allegedly made a reference to being a pimp. One said, sending him with a money bag and crown emoji. <laughs> and so there's y'all some gonna get, posts here. Y'all this gonna is on the Hot 97 website, by the way. Posting your felony crimes on the Instagram. Y'all oh wait, another report says Chopper bragged to an undercover about having a large home. In addition, he reportedly advised the undercover to quote unquote, join his stable. Stay- the undercover <laughs> stalled by saying they were afraid to leave, but the former rapper allegedly became angry and demanded a $2,000 fee. What? What? I just need to know. Ironically, okay. Chopper reportedly told the undercover cop that Vegas wasn't good for selling sex because law enforcement was cracking down. So he been guess, running his mouth, bumping his jibs. Uh-huh. What in the world? What happens when niggas be doing too? What? Much. Not him being um, up the street. Not him being. <laughs> well, what is he doing over here? Y'all stay away from Chopper. Are you kidding? I. Okay, you must safeguard yourself. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to put my home alarm here. on because you won't get me. Mm-mm. Truth be told, though. I know this is not a reference that is going to make sense to you because you don't watch Handmaid's Tale. But for our listeners who do mm-hmm. listen, watch Handmaid's Tale, Key and I would be Martha's at this point. 
Uh oh. Um, what are that? Meaning, yeah. sister, nobody wants to traffic us. We're oh, too thank old. God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. We're too old. What a genuine praise. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So at our at this point in our lives, I think it's more for us to, of course, we have to always stay safe and diligent, but we got to make sure we look out for our ute them. Ute You know, them. because it's niggas out here like this who are doing way too much. That you know, one time back when I worked at a particular company mm -hmm. in, in the music industry, mm -hmm. there was a girl who worked on our floor and... She was always coming over and talking to me, and I really thought her energy was just very weird. She was too eager for me. Um, and I found out later on that she left because she started working for one of the artist's homeboys. Okay. Um. Yes, she started working for him and left her job, her corporate job, to exclusively do that. That's a choice. Mm. <laughs> her parents came and got her and took, and they were in a hotel because she wasn't from here. So they came and got her and she was in a hotel. And do you know this girl escaped out the hotel and ran away from the family because she this is what she wanted to do it was crazy my lord today um and but tomorrow. i yeah i saw that and i was like well i have not seen chopper's name in a long time it's just interesting how all these making the band characters are just resurfacing as of recent <laughs> I just um want, i mean is anybody did anybody just go on and get them a job <laughs> i don't you know <laughs> That is, I'm going to do that research and I'm going to come Ooh, back in the next episode and let you all know. Because let me tell know. you what. That's the next kitchen table talk. If making it's the one band, thing where, about where they me, now? I know that if it all goes downhill, I'm going to get me a job. Y'all going to see me working as somebody's I mean, chef, it's gonna executive be chef. Down Bitch, if it gets real bad, it, I'll be a line cook. I'm I don't to give say, a damn. If I got to get down to the Mac counter... If I got to go back and dust off my old retail skills. We ain't doing that, though. Mm -mm. Listen, I mean, did anybody just say, let me tell you what. Like, you know who, like, I, it makes me think of people like, you remember uh, Erica from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? I just respected that Erica would get up and go to her job. She was a nurse. <laughs> She was like, let me tell you what. Oh, okay. you're right. She was Scrappy's baby moms. She said, I'm going to tell you 72 things, okay? I don't know nothing about what Scrappy doing. I don't know nothing about what Mona Scott and these checks. I do know that I'm a certified nurse, and I will be yeah. down to the hospital if y'all need mm -hmm. me. And I just respect it. Like, I just also, feel like... Um, also, Khalees... This is what I'm Khalees saying. said, I'm going to continue to make these musics, and I know that... You know, I don't have the most melodic voice, but I enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you what else I'm going to do. Chef. Period. Bitch, I'm going to farm and chef. I'm going to get I'm going to sell you niggas delicious olive oil. 
and jams and seasonings. Listen. And you're going to love every bit of because it. Because you and might you know not what? like my latest single, but you will get into <laughs> this spice, Fresh this box of spices oil. that I have Absolutely. curated just for you, girl. I'm down for a bitch who's down to work. Let me I tell you something. Have, okay, I just, I Get off your it. fucking ass oh my God, and go to work. Shut your, I can shut tell you that. Mouth. That bitch can't tell you that. I can tell you that. Because why? Because I get off my fucking ass <laughs> and I go to work. <laughs> How dare they? How and then her sisters they? in the background like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if y'all don't collectively shut the fuck up. If y'all don't get away from me, like as a, as a unit, please. <laughs> as a unit. I want all of you to leave us alone forever. Oh, God. Um, lastly, whoo, this is big trash, honey. Speaking oh, of, of, of creatures resurfacing. Oh, no. Benzino. The human chicken nugget. Head, shoulders, knees, toes. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Does he not look like those chicken nuggets from the old McDonald's? Like he has a full. He does look like it's given no neck. It's given no neck Jenkins, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) he. So he has a daughter, right? Um, Yes, that young lady. What's her name? Koi. Koi Lorraine. I found that out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because they kept saying, I said, well, what is a coiler? What exactly is happening? I, too, I, too, had that Apparently, question. Benzino's daughter is an artist. Okay. A recording artist. And she recently received, uh, released a project um, in which she sold 11,000 copies in one week. Um, and her father apparently had some sideways things to say, which they already have a very strained relationship. But he had some things to say about about her, her selling 11,000 copies in one week. Oh no. So he was um, not supportive of this. He did not deem this a not, success. Not it was real backhanded the way he was. I was like this but it got worse. Okay. So he was on an episode of uh Candy Speak on it. Oh boy. Have you ever watched Speak on it? I have. I watched it when um 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 Nivia was down there. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Nivia. That, that was, was a good, good time. One. Yes, that was indeed. a good one. Nivea is a good time, and let me tell you what Blueprint was missing. Enjoy that Nivea. Let me tell you what. Did. Did. We might have to revisit that Mm -hmm. awful show. That was a (laughs) gift. Thank you, Carlos King. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What a time. What a time. Wow. I was like, man, the pandemic was 85 years, and we got some gems out of it, I tell you. And that motherfucking show was definitely one. I said, this is. This is the trash I never now, knew. Now that's needed. something that was binge worthy, and I hated that we had oh, to yes. wait. We had to wait <laughs> a week for every episode. Yeah. That's something that we all need to go back and revisit. I agree, and mm-hmm. we might do a session on that. <laughs> but so he was on Candy Speak on it, um, addressing many things, including his relationship with his daughter and. Also, some recent. Um, I'm not calling them alligate. I don't know what you would call them. I don't. He had some very transphobic things to say okay. about some um, some recent activity of his that's been reported in the news. Okay. Um, or excuse me, in social media about his romantic relationship with a trans woman. Um, and so this is not happening. me talking about this. Is not. Um, 
to be salacious about or to talk about that situation in a salacious manner because, okay, whoever you choose to be with is your bit. Like, that's not the big deal here. The issue was the way in which he spoke about um, the the relationship with the trans woman. Mm -hmm. um, he painted the picture of deception and so forth and so on. Oh and it got violent and it got ugly. Oh, no. no and bad. I wanted to talk about this, not to talk about that, but to talk about how that sort of conversation um, and mentality is what continually perpetuates the violence against the trans community um, as a whole, and right. specifically trans women. Um, and it's a dangerous rhetoric. Like, it sure. is actually dangerous because it is causing, it is causing people to lose their lives. Mm -hmm. And I just think Benzino is a big piece of shit for, as a human being in general, but for the uh, grotesque and awful things that he said. And I wanted to, I debated on like, do we talk about this? Because we don't want to highlight it, but also it is important to talk about it. It's important to talk about the violence against the trans community. It's important to talk about the mentalities and the conversation that also contribute to the violence against the trans community. Um, and so I thought it was, I thought it, I thought it to be important that we that we touch on this. Agreed. Um, so that was it. That was that was really the whole point of me wanting to introduce that story. Um, so what did so what was the interview with that? Was I mean, that what the ultimately, was about. The, it, it, I feel like that was one of the big reasons she had him come and okay. speak, uh, but also because his daughter is. Her, her her name is 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 um happening right now I guess amongst the young people trending and I don't know if there's a bit of jealousy towards his own child about the success of her career versus because can who here can name a Benzino song not me okay exactly so I think that there is some real nasty skewed uh, unresolved issues that he has um, in which he's acting like a big man child. But I also think that he is um, a dangerous member of society. And I hope that nobody else gives him any more airtime. I truly do not. I truly do not. He said some awful, atrocious things um, that will only come back on him. So... Well, that was it point. for the trash. I think that is enough. Yeah, we have totally overwhelmed. a wonderful kitchen table talk ready for you all with a with a dope guest. Um, and I'm excited for you all to hear more about her backstory. So let's and she's also our shout out this week. So let's go ahead and dive right on into this kitchen table talk. Show you right. Now that spring is well underway, even though it's cold as Jack's <laughs> where most of us are, but. Either way, spring is sprung. We can swap out our winter looks with a spring refresh. Our friends at Ulta Beauty recommended a few of the following must-haves to really step your spring makeup game up this season. Starting with the eyes, Juvia's Place. They make the most creamiest pigmented eyeshadow palettes um, that are reasonably priced, really high quality. They come, they have palettes that have 
three um, shadows. They have palettes that have five, palettes that have six, nine, all the way up the gambit. They have great color uh, payoff, long-lasting power. It's high-quality stuff. You'll love it. It's a great way to give you uh, to give yourself a bright and refresh refresh look uh, with your eyeshadows. Next, you want to check out Black Opal's True Color Skin Perfecting Stick Foundation with SPF 15. This is a your fave makeup artist, faves. This is your faves fave, right? So this is a staple go-to brand, especially for women of color. It comes in 21 amazing shades. This longwear foundation uh, delivers full coverage with a velvety finish to define your natural features. You'll complete this initial spring refresh makeup look with Minted Cosmetics Lip Gloss. These lip glosses are buttery smooth, non-sticky, and perfect for day-to-night wear. They also come in seven amazing colors. One of my favorites is Sin Nudes. Honey, with that dark brown, the brownest brown lip liner that they have, you are welcome, girl. Get you one. But remember, this is only the beginning of your spring refresh. So head over to Ulta Beauty and shop now, in-store or online, for all your essential spring refresh looks. There's so much pressure to put off fun until we quote-unquote deserve it. But we already do enough every day to earn joy when we want it. So you've already earned some fun? Have it! It's like giving yourself permission to eat dessert first. You're grown, so you get to do that. With Best Fiends, an exciting puzzle adventure game, you can have fiendish fun anywhere, anytime. Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. There are dozens of unique fiends to collect so you can customize your team of fiends to defeat menacing slugs. Power up your favorite fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger, which is really fun because they have amazing graphics. And with offline play, you'll never be stranded without fun, even if you lose your internet connection. Brand new events and challenges pop up all year round, so you've always got a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. So I told you all I started playing Best Fiends over because, you know, I beat it. And then there's so many, there's also, they give you options for when you beat the game for things that open up and new opportunities when they come. But as I, as I started to play, I found myself stuck a little bit on level 250, which is where I am now. And let me tell you all something. It's just a little secret. There is a YouTube video that allows you to get some little tips and things to beat level 250, along with so many other levels in Best Fiends, because there's hundreds and millions of us that play you've earned your fun time go to the app store or google play to download best fiends for free plus earn even more with five dollars worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five that's friends without the r best fiends perhaps you've noticed that the world is a complete dumpster fire of trash trauma trouble and despair well, work wives, best friends, and comedy writers, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards are here to help. On their new weekly podcast, The Antidote, Grace and Amy open up and share it all. Everything from the cultural moments that light them up and help them escape the madness of this crazy world, uh, activities that bring them joy and laughter, and other creative inspirations. Are you inspired by a bubble bath, hot tea, or an episode of Drag Race? Great. You'll fit right in. 
They're also sharing all the personal strategies that they use to cope in these wild times amidst the bummer news that threatens to steal their joy. Well, huh, not today, Satan. Grace and Amy have the antidote. They'll also invite inspiring special guests to share their own antidotes to life struggles and conversations that get deep and keep it real. Join Grace, Amy, and their exciting guests for something we all need, a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Follow The Antidote wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We are very excited uh, to welcome a very special guest to the kitchen table. Last week, we talked about autism awareness uh, and autism acceptance for Autism Awareness Month. April is also Financial Literacy Month, and so we like to cover all bases at the kitchen table on Getting Grown. So today we are very, very excited to welcome the brilliant Bola Shokumbi. Is it Shokumbi? Yes, Shokumbi. Shokumbi. I'm so sorry. I just want to make sure I say it right. But the very brilliant Bola Shokumbi of Clever Girl Finance to the kitchen table. So welcome, Bola. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. We're so excited to have you. And I must start off <laughs> before Kia gets us into more of the premise of what we'll talk about um, with the meaning of your name. Yes. Bola. Uh, <laughs> I know what it means. You tell the listeners what it means. Yeah. So my full name is Moji Bola, and it means I was born into wealth. I'm originally Nigerian, and the language is Yoruba. And wealth doesn't mean money. It instead means joy, happiness, peace of mind, that type of wealth, the true wealth. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother named me. So people call me Bola for short. I love it. I love that so much. I said, this is very fitting. Um, is and as life. I started reading more into some of the themes of your new book, mm-hmm. I said, this is, look at it all, look at the alignment. <laughs> so... Kia, please. I know were, your parents were on to something. Your family had vision. They knew where you were headed, girl. Okay. And this is meaning. This is what we love. Amen. Okay. And y'all is out here naming your kids what blue and no comment. Apple. No shade. No. Well, blue Ivy Carver, she don't count because you know she's already making more money than the rest of us. But I'm talking about for the for those of us down here named Takia. <laughs> but <Okay>. either way, <laughs> I love that. And I mean, it's just a lesson for those of us who've yet to birth children that we have a responsibility to name yes, our children honey. something. Okay, we are meaningful and we intentional. We have a responsibility be out here naming your children uh, Air Force Ones. But either way, okay. Deficit. Um, it just sounded really pretty. I'm gonna name is. a baby Deficit. It's like no, ma'am. That's no, not... no, 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 no. <laughs> That's wait, we got to get out of what these sound like, and we got to get into the intention of it. Yes, please. So Bola let's is continue. a certified financial education instructor, a finance expert, and a best-selling author, and a speaker. I would love to hear. Uh, so in in your book, uh, you have a brand new book coming out very very soon the book is called choosing to prosper Mm -hmm. this is your fourth book and i would love to know uh you know we'll get into some of the your origins because you talk you talk very candidly uh in the book about how you started but Mm -hmm. you know bring us up to date on you know how we got here how after your (laughs) three prior books did we get Mm -hmm. to choosing to prosper 
That is a great question. And you know, this Choosing to Prosper was a book that my publisher um, initially wanted me to write, right? They wanted me to write a story so people could get to know who I was and where I was from and who is this black girl that's attempting to change the financial narrative for women of color. But I was very hesitant. I was, I had imposter syndrome about writing the book. Mm. I was afraid of what people will think. And so I was like, no, well, let's write about an easy topic, which is personal finance. People don't have to <laughs> think about me. They have to, all they have to think about is their money, right? So mm-hmm. I wrote those first three books and I actually pitched a fourth book and my publisher was like, girl, listen, get yourself together. It's time to write this book. And I was like, you know, I know, I know. I was waiting for you to tell me that. So that's really where the book comes from. It's a love letter to mm-hmm. women like me who look like me, who've had experiences that may not be the same, but are relatable to mine as an immigrant, as a black woman in America, as a black mom raising black children, a love letter to inspire women, especially black women, women of color to achieve financial success, even when people tell you that you're going to fail, because that's what I was told and continue to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a dedication to my haters. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> For you. <laughs> Dear haters, this is what we call the episode a dedication. Yes, this is dedication to my haters. I, Here so we are. eloquent too. Here it's we your are. soft Before. voice as Before. you say it, though. You're like, this is about my background, and, and I, I'm so well versed in finance, and I love black people and black things. And fuck y'all, by the way. <laughs> no, but we'll get into the why, the why of about that dedication. But yeah, so it's a love letter. It's my experience, but I also challenge the reader to think about you know where what is your background what has shaped you what are your goals what are the things that you want to pursue in your life who are the people telling you that you cannot succeed and how are you going to counter that and prove to them that you truly can succeed and why you have what it takes um, I'm a big believer that representation matters for sure seeing another mm-hmm. woman who looks like you who has a similar background seeing her succeed is so impactful because If you think about the women that you admire in your life, whether they're famous or not, imagine if their stories never existed and there was nothing to aspire to. Like, where would we be? So for me, it would have been a disservice if I did not write this book and share my candid stories. I talk about my family background. I talk about my multiple experiences with racism. Even today, I talk about the challenges women of color face raising capital, um, I talk about the impact of everything on black people in 2020, <laughs> you know, so it's, right. it's really, um, it's, it's, it's a love letter, basically, and a motivational, inspirational book in how I feel I can do it best to empower another woman to go out and succeed. Mm. I, mm, okay, I love that, because that's what we're all about, it getting grown, mm-hmm. okay, two black women who come from a foundation of being black women but and we can meet there even with our different backgrounds so I think that's so beautiful so let's talk let's let's go back a little bit to what you were just talking about I'd like to hear a little bit of the motivation because you are such a sweet-spirited person we could see so I'd like to hear some of the motivation of some of the things behind why this is also partially a dedication to the haters Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, I don't take any opportunities I have for granted. And for every opportunity that I have gone out and taken a hold of and made mine, Mm -hmm. it has not come without a cost. Right. Especially because of 
what I look like, especially because of where I come from. And just so many instances in my life where people have reminded me that I cannot succeed. I remember being in college in Europe, in Austria, and people wondering, like, how is this black girl here? Like, you know, is your daddy the king of the jungle in Africa? Wow. <laughs> um, you know. What? Wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> they really said shit like that? Uh, so they really let me, said so that? So let me tell you what happened. <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, um, I was just wondering, is your daddy a king where you come from? And can I touch your hair? And I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. So I was like, you know what? She was like, how did you get here? You know, because, mm. you know, I was the only black girl in the university. It was a small college. I was like, you know, I had to trek from Nigeria <laughs> to Egypt. And then after I trekked from Nigeria to Egypt, I took a boat on the Nile across to <laughs> Turkey. And then when we got to Turkey, I got on a plane the f- for the first time in my entire life. And I made it here. And she's like, oh, my God, no wonder you Africans don't like to travel. And then I was like, you know what? I was kidding, but first of all, come here, let me school you, right? My yes. daddy's not a king of a jungle, mm-hmm. the same way your father is not a king of a jungle. Just because I come mm. from Africa does not mean that we are ignorant or we're not educated or we don't have aeroplanes. Mm. <laughs> like what? It it's just means- crazy that they really think that way. Some mm. people do, unfortunately. And it's, you know, you know, I blame their society. I blame how they were raised. I blame mm-hmm. intentional mm-hmm. ignorance because a lot of times it's intentional ignorance. Nothing prevents you from opening a history book Right. Mm. Uh, You go back in the history books and you look at the unknown soldiers who fought in the first and second world wars in Europe. And a lot of them were black Africans that were carted to the front lines. Mm. Right. So you open your history book, that information is there. But you Mm. are intentionally ignorant. Right. If I want to learn about a culture, I just go on Google and say, tell me more. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something anybody can do. So, you know, there was that. And then there was starting my business, which was, you know, this is where the biggest dedication comes from. And I remember, um, I went through a tech accelerator and I remember being in the accelerator and, you know, I don't know how familiar we are with raising capital, venture capital, but you're dealing with a lot of white people, um, white males. And it was a lot of just ignorance. Um, you know, someone told me they believe my business is a gimmick because all all people have equal opportunity in America. And the fact that I'm using women of color as my mantle is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And that if my children grew up to go, the, go to Harvard University, they would have the exact same opportunities as everyone else. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, they can go to kingdom come. But by, the, mm-hmm. by virtue of them being black, when people set eyes on them, mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. not have the same opportunities. And women of color do not have the same opportunities. In fact, if you look at statistics, black women carry the ha- highest average of the student loan debt burden in America. Period. If you take a look at the student loan ads, right? Mm-hmm. Next time you're looking at debt ads, credit card ads, student loan ads, take a look at what demographic is featured heavily mm-hmm. in those ads. Mm-hmm. It's women. It's mm-hmm. women of color. It's black women. It's Latino women intentionally because that's where the highest debt averages lie and where the highest debt averages lie, the highest opportunity to make money mm-hmm. as a lending facility also mm-hmm. lies. Um, mm-hmm. There were people who told me that, you know, I should just stay home and face raising my children. You know, having twins is baggage. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <Baggage>. <laughs> there are people who wow. assume that um, 
uh, because I had my maiden name, maiden name for quite a while. So people just assumed that because my husband is a physician that I was married to a white guy. That there was no way that he could be. Mm. <laughs> he could be black. All the assumptions. So there's Just so all many the assumptions. assumptions. So I, I, I package it in a little gift, you know. Wow. And I put a bow on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much willful ignorance, right? And there's so much. Mm. There's so much, like you said. There's people who are just unwilling to be educated around the systemic nature of racism and the oppression that we all have to face, and that it's global. That it's not specific mm -hmm. to our cities and towns, no. but this is a worldwide phenomena. And so you mm -hmm. you have lots of um, lots of uh, as you sort of unpack your stories throughout the book. You give such, I love that you give like this really global context. I would love to know, I mean, I know that you started off your uh, undergrad degree was in engineering and then you started your business. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about sort of like your origin um, and you know, what what prompted your decision? You know, you talk about your um, commitment to, to providing service and support for this population, but what made you say, you know, I'm going to, you know, take a turn from being an engineer and focusing on my own financial growth to mm -hmm. sort of building a business to do that on a larger scale? Yes, I actually studied computer science. Um, and just to give you some context, um, growing up, I'm, I'm the youngest, I'm an only girl, I have three older mm -hmm. brothers. And my mom got married very young. My mom was 19 years old and my dad was in his 30s. My mom had a high school diploma, my dad had a PhD. And mm -hmm. as children, we learn a lot by observation. And I remember as a little girl growing up, um, my mom's friends would come over, sometimes crying, sometimes with suitcases, sometimes with their kids. And they were coming over to ask my mom as a friend for advice. Um, my husband's beating me. I don't know. I don't have any mm -hmm. money. What do I do? My husband died. His family came in and took over everything. He didn't put anything in my name. What do I do? I don't. I need to leave this toxic relationship. What do I do? And I was there observing. And the one theme that I saw my mom recognize was that these women were powerless because they did not have financial backing. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my mom had a best friend who was my godmother, who was so trapped in her situation that she ended up committing suicide. And oh, so my yes. mother, I think that was a catalyst for her to take things into her own hands. And she decided that, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to mm -hmm. go get a college degree and start to work and build my own financial independence in the way I know how to do it. And my dad was not happy about this because he felt like it challenged his ability to care for his family. It challenged him as a man, especially culturally mm -hmm. Nigerian. Like, you know, the, the, the father is the one who takes care of his family and the mother is the one who takes care of the kids. But there was a lot of turmoil at that time in their relationship. My mom ended up going back to school and I went with her to all of her college classes. Um, I was a little mm -hmm. one in the corner. She was like, shh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, she got her degree. She got her master's degree and started making money. Fast forward several years, my family goes through a financial downturn and guess who steps up to be the breadwinner of our family? My mom. Mm -hmm. And the reason mm -hmm. why she was able to do that was because she went back to school. So coming to college abroad, starting in Europe and then later in the United States was really a massive opportunity and privilege for me because at the time um, there was a lot of economic turmoil in Nigeria where universities were closed for like five, six, seven years. Maybe kids mm -hmm. would go to school for two months out of the year. So my parents were like, 
we're going to help you go to college. It's not a right. It's, you know, you cannot qualify for student loans as an international student, but we're going to send you. And your goal is to find scholarships, which I found a partial scholarship. And your goal is to do well and make this worth our investment. And so I went to college, uh, moved here, graduated. And I remember coming out of college and just feeling like, my parents have hustled so, so hard. My mom was working full time. I, you know, to pay for me to go to college, it was a real struggle. Like, um, I took a year off of school cause there was no money to pay. Um, and so as soon as I came out and I got my degree, I wanted to just do something with my money. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the mm-hmm. bookstore and look for a personal finance book for women. I don't know why I had the four women in my head and I get mm-hmm. to the personal, to the to bookstore and there's wills and trust by Susie Orman. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of real estate investing books and the number one best-selling New York Times best-selling book on personal finance for women is written by a white male. Okay? Rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Mm. And it's based on his grandmother's experiences I mean, it's a great book. I bought the book because it was the only book. I read the book mm-hmm. to shreds. I bought another copy. I told my friends about it. But I was like, wait a minute. Why is a white man writing about personal finance for mm, women? For women. And, you know, it, it was relatable, but I didn't see myself as a black woman in the book. I took mm-hmm. the lessons. Like, personal finance is universal. But I didn't get to see women like me, my sisters, in the book reflecting our own journeys because then you really stop to think about it the financial experience of a black person a latino latina person in america is very different from your average white person we don't sit around the table at dinner and talk mm-hmm. about our trust fund or our daddy's business mm-hmm. or you know those kinds of things right um generationally if you take this few generations back we were busy doing other things like slavery like segregation Surviving. like jim crow like <laughs> right exactly. we didn't have Living. time for trust funds <laughs> exactly <laughs> we didn't have that generational knowledge passed down to mm-hmm. us right and so we are in the space now where women women like us we're, we're earning more on average than our grandmothers it's it's still not equal pay but we're earning more than our grandmothers we are breadwinners we're single mothers we're sole household earners we are giving ourselves seats at the table but then how do we manage our money from that perspective where that generational wealth has not been passed down um it's not comfortable for us to talk about money like that and then we're intentionally targeted by the big corporations to take on mm. debt, to take on mm. payday loans. By the way, the biggest target of payday loans in America is black women. Add that mm. to the student loan fact. There's a lot of things targeting you mm-hmm. by virtue of your demographic. And so that was part of the inspiration for me to want to do something different because I started saving, I started investing, I started learning things. And I would tell my friends, I would tell people on blogger.com and they would ask me questions. So. When I got to a point where I had my kids, this is over a course of years, I started feeling like some sort of postpartum depression and I felt like I wanted Mm. to do something that mattered. And while I was brainstorming, everything that came to me was helping other women in the way I knew best and that was talking about money, right? Talking about how I was investing, how I was saving. So that's, uh, I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Oh, very much. And I love how you said um, specifically, I wanted to help black women in the best way that I knew how. 
I think that's so important that we all have our our thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you made this. This is just as important as somebody who might be teaching something else. Yeah. So I love that you took that very specific thing and applied it to your community and to our community. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and, you know, I also think about where I'm coming from and the opportunities that women in my family didn't have. So my dad is mm-hmm. a twin. Um, he has a twin sister. And my dad has two PhDs, and mm. his twin sister, my aunt, is not formally educated, which means she did not go to grade school. She does not read. She does mm. not write. This is his wow. twin sister. Wow. And this really was because um, my dad, my dad's father, my grandfather, did not see the value in educating the female child, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. And he also had a serious distrust of the colonialists who brought the education to Nigeria at the time. So if anybody was going to go, I was going to send, he was going to send his sons who also mm. were the stronger sex in which in his mind could decipher the nonsense. And then the mm. daughters will stay home and serve their purpose, which was to be a good wife, a good mother, mm. a good home rarer. So mm. that's the difference between my, my, my dad and his sister, my aunt. And I always wonder if she had had the same opportunities as mm-hmm. he had. Um, who would she be? She is successful yeah. in her own right, opened a trading business. But, you know, I, I always wonder. So that's just me wanting to just empower women, women like me, mm-hmm. to succeed despite what's happening around them. Mm-hmm. It's so inspiring. And I love that you, uh, you know, like Jade said, like uh, so much of your book is is grounded in who you are as a person. And there's so much language and rhetoric and messaging that we receive that in order for us to be successful, we have to deny or obscure or minimize Mm -hmm. or shrink the parts that make us authentically us. And throughout your book, not only do you give us tips, um, but you also have like these awesome reflection prompts. And I love that you, that you encourage your readers to uh, honor their journey and what they've learned and what their families have taught them, regardless of how formally educated or uneducated they might be. Right. And so my, my grandparents, um, you know, again, had very, were were very minimally educated, Mm -hmm. but I revere them as the smartest people that I know. Right. And that's something that I take with me in my, in my practice. And so I think it's important for us to not deny you know, where we come from, but really use it to inform the life that we want to live in an in intentional way. So mm-hmm. how has your your upbringing that you've talked so candidly with us about, how does that inform how you think about not only your future, but the future of mm-hmm. your children? Oh, it has certainly grounded me. You know, um, sometimes it's hard to reflect on your past, especially if there has been trauma, whether it's mild trauma, heavy trauma, but it can be difficult. And sometimes we tend to block it out. Like, you know, I've had experiences with racism. Um, I talk about the incident on the train. I don't know if you if you read that part in the book um, where on Christmas Day, I was riding a train with my friend to go to her to her house um, mm. in Austria, Vienna, um, because my my host family, my aunt and uncle were out of town. And I'm on the train with my friend. We're so happy. It's Christmas Day. And a guy in the back of the train says, why are you guys so happy when you're just a couple of niggers? And wow. in my rage, I pick up 
whatever I was holding, I fold it up and I start to smack this guy. And then I had to think mm -hmm. about what is this costing me, right? My parents mm -hmm. are hustling to get money to pay for college. I'm here fighting with an idiot of no, of no matter to my life on a train. Mm -hmm. So reflecting on those type of incidents in my life mm -hmm. are, are hard, they're painful, but they also ground me because it's a reminder for me to be intentional to raise my son and my daughter to be confident as black children and in the future as black adults so no one can sit at the back of the train and call them a couple of niggers and mm. they don't know how to react and they they, they they cave and I'm not saying react with violence but reacting mm -hmm. with confidence and using your voice and calling the authorities and standing for your worth as a human being right so that you know it has grounded me in that sense it's also grounded me in the sense that it has allowed me to build thick skin. Like there's at this point, there's nothing anybody can say to me that is gonna hurt my feelings. It, it was, it, it is what it is. I know where I'm coming from. I know what my goals are, and it's it's it, those experiences are also a motivator for me to want to do better and be a source of representation for my demographic as a black woman when mm -hmm. we we don't see nearly enough of us. Mm. Yeah, for you sure. know, mm -hmm. succeeding as we ought to be, as mm -hmm. we deserve to be. So it's it's been all of my experiences have really grounded me to be who I am today, to be confident in my voice, to use my voice um, to protect myself, to raise my children, to be confident and to know that they have a place in this world and they're not second class anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. And I you love, own your um, mistakes. You own your yes. mistakes yes. as well. Because yes. a lot of these these books, especially financial literacy books, they can be intimidating, right? Because it's like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Listen. And I done messed up. I got credit. I got bad credit. I got debt. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you read these books, you hear these these perfect little stories that Susie mm -hmm. Orman is telling you that you ain't, uh -uh. you know, I've that made, you're terrible. I've made mistakes for days. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I too have probably rolled up a magazine and hit a couple of humans with it. So like, I, these are the things that form our character. Yes. And Jay yes. didn't stop. You stopped. Jay didn't. I stopped because the train driver screeched the train to a halt. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get arrested. Pack up your stuff. Let's get off the train. Girl, it's time to go. They're going to deport us. Yes. They're going to call your mama. So I'm like, forget this fool. We need to get Please. off the train. We're running. We're running away. Running the, through the hills of Austria. They will arrest you first. It's true. And he was in the white motherland. Exactly. Like he was in Europe. Okay. Yes. In the hills of Austria. Yes. Ooh. Home by home central. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. Since what's I cut beautiful you to me, though, is is what stood out to me more than anything of your story so far is the example that your mother set for you um, and where it really started with her helping other women. So you said you walked into that bookstore and mm -hmm. you were like, I don't know why I wanted to do this, but mm -hmm. it clearly was in your soul to do so. You witnessed yeah. this thing from such an early age. I have to ask you, um, honestly, how did how did you because you spoke you've spoken about your family's relationships and dynamics and things like that. How has your father since responded to your success and to how how you have developed business wise in this sense? Oh, Especially my dad with the is, tradition. Yeah, my, no, my dad is really proud of me. I think for him it was he he understands that the times have changed 
And he had an idea. It's this black man's pride, African man's pride, that when people see that I married this woman and now she's out in the world trying to hustle, it's a poor reflection on me that I cannot take care of my family. He mm -hmm. was thinking more so of appearances, right? Mm -hmm. At whatever, mm -hmm. at all costs, I'm going to care for my family. So nobody will ever say outside that I did mm -hmm. not take care of my wife and children. That was his challenge. But mm -hmm. my dad also always reflected on his sister, right? My mm -hmm. dad made sure that I was educated to the T. Like we had a whole argument about me not going to get a graduate degree because he wanted me to have every level of education. Because mm -hmm. in my dad's mind, especially the way he was grow he was raised with he's much closer to that colonial history than I am and much further removed. Mm -hmm. But to him, education was the exit. It was what gave you power. It was what no mm -hmm. one could take away from you. Mm -hmm. And he wanted me to have all of that. And he, he saw that his sister didn't have that. So my dad would always tell me, never marry a liability and never be a liability on I any saw man. that in your book. He mm -hmm. would always tell me, I don't care how rich your husband is, whoever you That's meet, right. you can meet the king of Saudi Arabia. Please. You're going to have your own money and you're going to be able to walk away from situations that don't serve you. So my dad is, he, he, he loves it. He doesn't like me talking about him in my book, <laughs> but he's, he's very supportive. He's a great dad. Yeah. I love that. I saw that quote in your book actually. And I thought that was very powerful where he told you because usually a lot, not usually, but a lot of times within society, we hear about how we need to behave as women and I oh, love yes. that he told you first, don't before he said, don't be a liability on no man. He said, don't let no man be no liability. Yep. on you. No, that's yep. right. And I thought yep. that was such a beautiful quote. I said, yes, you better empower her to let her don't have no loser up in here. <laughs> no, no. And you <laughs> know what? Not, you're not raising no man. Exactly that. And this is a conversation <laughs> I've had time and time again. I, you know what, what you said, you know, because I'm married to a physician and um, I have a saving story when I first came out of college. And it, this is one thing that people do and they do it a lot with more so women of color where people mm -hmm. will find a way to minimize your success. Oh, yeah, she was able to do that because she has a sugar daddy mm -hmm. or because mm -hmm. she has a trust fund or because she sleeps around or because she's married to a doctor. <laughs> Even mm -hmm. though I was single, I'd never met this guy. In my, <laughs> never, I hadn't met this guy yet, right. but, you know, the rich husband. And um, I, I once did a podcast interview where they wanted me to admit that the financial success I have comes from my husband. And I had to be like, wait a minute. That's Listen why you put the about my rich husband. Yes. And it's it's him. it's mm -hmm. very important for, for women because never minimize yourself for a man, right? I had to tell them, listen to me. Listen to where I'm coming from. Listen to my family background, uneducated women in my family, poverty in my family, right? Where my parents are coming from, first generation, everything. Those are my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Them hustling to send me to school at a, at the expense of their retirement, at the expense of their mortgage, at the expense of their lives. And I come out here and I'm going to marry a loser. I'm going to date a loser. Like, who am I to do that? Mm -hmm. My parents didn't raise me to, to date someone who's going to bring me down, to marry someone who's going to destroy all their hard work. I'm going to marry a team player. I'm going to marry an ambition, ambitious person. I'm going to marry someone who's going to lift me up, someone who's going to you know, be empowered by being with a successful woman that they also want to succeed. I once had a friend who told me, 
and we're not friends anymore, that he could never marry a woman like me because I'm too ambitious. <laughs> I'm like, that's mm. your loss. If you want to be in competition with the okay. woman you are with, that is your loss because you're not thinking big picture. You're being mm-hmm. small minded. Mm-hmm. Imagine what you can do mm-hmm. together. Right. Not just for yourselves, for right. your children, mm-hmm. for your community. Right. Mm. So, mm. It, yeah, don't let anybody minimize or, or make your success a, a, a crutch because of a partner, because of a man. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting mm-hmm. how people it's so crazy how white folks always want us to acknowledge. Right. That, you know, our success is a function of some other thing mm-hmm. of something. But they else. never, ever acknowledge that their success is a, they don't ever acknowledge their privilege and the and the things. Oh, no. That have. I'm an executive here because my daddy's been on the exactly. board. Exactly. They don't they don't they don't acknowledge the ways in which they've benefited <sighs> from the system. But if our our success is such an anomaly and an outlier to them that it must be a function of some mm-hmm. other thing and i'm so grateful that you said that because you know not only is you know your selection of a partner a testament of your of your family's hard work and labor but we have to give them the credit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like they're the yeah. ones who who paid for your education and mm-hmm. let's give them their grace okay this is not no sugar daddy but my mama worked her fingers to the bone <laughs> my, my in order to make sure that i could thank you we're gonna talk about we gonna talk about sugar daddies and mamas let's talk about my actual parents and the ways yes. in which they invested in my success and so mm-hmm. i think I, I love that this is why it's so important and i love the premise of your book being so closely connected to your journey and i'm glad that your publisher pushed you because I, it, you took the yeah, words right out of my mouth really i needed that push you yes. know and I, I, re- I remember i dated a deadbeat broke ass no ambitious guy who would always ask me to borrow money Had and one day chance. he asked me to borrow fifteen thousand dollars and literally my life flashed be- <laughs> before my eyes because Excuse i just imagined me. my mother saying my breath is, is this what you want to do with your life <laughs> Yes, this yes, this yes. is what you want to do with your life. Eh? After all the work I was working to help you go to college, you want to be a disgrace. A That's disgrace. my mama. <laughs> disgrace yourself with this useless Ooh. man. Oh, I don't think so, girl. She would come to that wedding and drag me out to church. There's no way. She would never, <laughs> never let that happen. Ooh, I literally <laughs> lost. First a of all, few my ni- when my Nigerian breath. friends imitate their parents, it's it is my the best thing. thing in the world to me. I just want you to know that. I think it is amazing, oh and she's God. absolutely right. And why would you disgrace us, yourself, everything else for this loser? <laughs> but to have me call him all kinds of things. Oh but she, but she's right, and I love what your parents. You can tell the way that they have been behind you, the way they have been such a motivation for you and the work that you're doing. Um, and just to echo Kia's sentiments, I too am very happy that your publisher made you do this because we have we do have a lot of financial literacy books right yes there's a lot of books out there and i know what you have to offer is no less i've i looked up you i looked up the instagram and all the information i said they are out here and the tips are I mean, tipping and i'm loving everything about just, it the information isn't flowing it's flowing <laughs> but i think it's beautiful to see the person behind that story 
because yeah. again, like he has said, there's so many people where they're like, this is what you need to be doing. This is how I did it. And this is how I got to where I am. But I, we really love that you get into the authenticity yes. of your journey and how that's really built you as a person and really built your character and who you are. And that adds to, that adds to such a beautiful journey. That context, yeah. that nuance. And I think that also speaks to what you were talking about earlier about how wealth is so much larger than just what is in our bank accounts, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it is yeah. about mm-hmm. fully acknowledging, valuing, appreciating who you are and doing things that sort of cultivate that joy and that being prosperity, not necessarily yes. just having a certain level of financial success. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, you know, for, for, for people like us that this isn't handed to us that every every day the statistics are against us right um debt incarceration just systematic systematic issues it's a Mm -hmm. choice you have to intentionally make that choice that i'm going to choose to prosper every single day right and otherwise you get bogged down by not just your baggage but the baggage that the whole world is putting on top of you and mm-hmm. the book, you know, I spoke to one of my mentors about writing the book. And for me, my biggest fear was like, am I writing a story that's premature? I still have so much in front of me mm-hmm. from my journey. And she told me there's value in telling the story as it happens. As it unfolds. And because you, as it unfolds, you know, because you get to inspire another woman who is starting where you were, mm-hmm. whether in her career, in her business, with having kids and dating and relationships, trying to figure out her finances that you have already um, come back, overcome. And there's value in that, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I allow myself to be vulnerable and share stories that a lot of things you read in the book, a lot of my friends actually don't know that about me, right? I call myself a faux mm-hmm. extrovert, which means that <laughs> I can be on to be on, but once we get off this podcast, Everybody don't talk to me. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Speaking my whole language. It took Listen. everything that I need. <laughs> that See I you asked. in about two weeks. Yes. <laughs> I need to recover. <laughs> I love I it. I am not bad at it. I get it. I understand it. We're so grateful for you to come through and share your journey with us um, and to learn a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have all of the links attached in the description box so that aside, I'm glad that people got a chance to, to know a little bit about Bola, but we do want them to to definitely check into um, your website, all of that your, your resources, because you've got awesome resources. Mm-hmm. But above anything else, we're going to link the we're going to link uh, the book in the description box so that you all can get your copy. Is it out now? Can folks can folks? access it or is it launching soon tell us tell us give us the deets yeah so it's called choosing to prosper it's out this summer on july 6th but folks can pre-order it um yes it's getting ready to drop about i think nine weeks to go from this recording uh mm-hmm. it's gonna be an ebook physical book audiobook so you hear me read it to you yes with this beautiful voice i'm sure everybody will be very excited for that <laughs> how do you feel like i know is it is it is it different because it's book four are you like oh girl we've been doing this or are you a little nervous because no, it, it so my my face is on the cover of this book and the other three books are like like i said they were personal finance so i talk about myself but you don't have to think about me because you're worried about your finances <laughs> whereas in this okay. book i'm vulnerable with you so that you can be vulnerable with yourself so it's a little scary, um, but it's, it has good intentions. And I, I have to share this. 
if I did not, I would be doing myself a disservice. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Representation matters. Um, you know, we want to see more black women on the cover of books. We want to see more successful black women doing big things, inspiring others to achieve. Because once you open the gates, then the next woman mm -hmm. is coming behind because she saw representation. Right. Um, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm and I'm ready. Well, we're very excited for <laughs> you. And sorry to you guys. We already have our copies and it's amazing. So we will have the link in the description box for you to pre-order your own. Um, make sure you check out Clever Girl Finance. Again, all of that will be in yes, the description Yes, the website box. is amazing. The Instagram is amazing. Loads of tips and tricks. What I love about the website is that there's like literally a database of all manner of articles. And so if you're looking mm -hmm. for a specific thing, you can search it if it's around budgeting. Not only your finances, but your time and your resources mm -hmm. and your energy um, and really giving you step-by-step -step tips for how to you know plan out the financial future of your dreams. I want to close out in a very uh, a way, a very specific way. Bola, in the beginning, you said that this book was a love letter to uh, African, to black women. It's, um, so I want you to close us out by speaking directly to someone who may be struggling, feeling like I don't really know how to start my financial journey. I'm scared to death. Mm -hmm. I might just be getting out of college and all I have in front of me is student loan debt. And I'm on, you know, we trying to figure out COVID and inflation and I don't really know where to start. But, you know, speak directly to to that to that woman and, and encourage her. Yeah. So to that woman listening to this, you know, the first thing I want to tell you is to remind yourself of who you are and get clear on your why. You may not know the answers as to how you're going to pay off your debt, how you're going to save money, but you need to set those goals and you need to have a why. The reason why you want to do this, it could be because you want to be representation. It could be because you want to impact your family generationally by being the first to do this, but get clear on your why. Why are you doing this? And mm -hmm. just be open-minded about being able to succeed. Don't allow a lack of scarcity mentality and people telling you, girl, nobody ever pays off their student loans. You cannot do this. Don't let that diminish the goals that you have for yourself. Once mm -hmm. you are clear on your why, once you have that right mindset in place, it becomes easier for you to take the lessons, right? Financial lessons are skill sets. You can learn them the way you learn how to ride a bike, the way you learn how to swim. But if you do not believe in yourself, in your power, in your tenacity, then you drown, then you fall, right? So first get clear in your head and in your heart and then embrace the steps and start to create your plans. And you may not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you can see the next few steps in front of you and just focus on taking those steps. And before you know it, you're going to achieve big, amazing, great things. And then you can show your haters, your doubters, <laughs> <laughs> how amazing you and are. You don't have to beat them over the head it. with a rolled up magazine. No, okay? let you your get success, to show up with your actions. Let yeah. your success speak volumes. And it's what's great about revenge. your success speaking volumes is that you will secretly inspire those people to do better for themselves too and stop being Amen. haters. 
I know. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Bola. Amen. This has been a joy. Thank you for your Such work. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for sharing time and space with Jade and I and our friends at yes. the kitchen table. You're welcome back yes. anytime. anytime. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for this awesome opportunity. <laughs> We're so grateful to have you and we will see you all in the next segment. Make sure you check out all of Bola's information and Clever Girl Finance information in the description box. Drinks at McDonald's just hit differently and nobody knows quite how they do it. I mean, the Sprite is crispy. The high C orange is high. It's just amazing. But we do know that once you know about McDonald's drinks, you don't look back. And with the $1 any size soft drink deal, you can sip your favorites. That crispy Sprite, that delicious high C that they had to bring back. The orange Fanta, Coke, or Dr. Pepper. Get the perfect beverage pairing with your favorite McDonald's meal. And with McDonald's, there's a drink for every mood and everyone has got a favorite. And Mickey D's famous drinks have your reputation for being more flavorful and more satisfying than anywhere else. I can attest. McDonald's Sprite is one of the most universal McDonald's loves. We can't talk about how crispy and crunchy that Sprite is. We can't talk enough about it. The first sip of Mickey D's Sprite makes it feel like your body took a screenshot. If you drink it too fast, your eyes may water. And McDonald's high C making a comeback was like Michael Jordan coming out of retirement. It's not just a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Order ahead on the app and get your favorite any size soft drink like Sprite for only a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work especially the most important one you can have in your life your relationship with yourself a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about we'll go out of our way to treat other people well but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment i had to take ask myself this very hard question and really really sit with the reality of my answer and then think about what I was going to do about it. And so over the past few years, I've been working with therapists and grief counselors, all kinds of people to help me really cultivate a, a healthy relationship with myself. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. So like I said, therapy has been a game changer for me. Just the opportunity to have a listening ear and someone to provide an outside objective perspective and help me think through and process some of the thoughts in my mind instead of just ruminating on the worst case scenario on my own. I can't tell you how valuable it has been. It has been well worth any time or money that I've had to invest. It has literally been a game changer. How about you, sis? Oh, I completely agree. Um, therapy has essentially, and this is, shout out to my therapist, this is actually a phrase from them, <laughs> um, but it's helped me to take the all of the necessary, all of the furniture, all of the tools that I have within my proverbial home and put them in a place that makes them make sense. Mm -hmm. So hanging the pictures on the wall, putting the furniture where it belongs, therapy has really been an essential tool and helping to place that furniture where it goes so that it doesn't feel chaotic any longer. Um, and so I definitely recommend uh, therapy to any and everybody. You don't have to be going through anything traumatic. It just kind of helps you to put things in place 
um, and provide more ease. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Getting Grown listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com grown. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash grown. I deserve all right y'all in the spirit of self-care mine is very straight to the point and honestly i feel like i might have already highlighted this particular uh activity or behavior as a self-care but just act like you've never heard me say it and so okay um i went to the doctor today i had a six-month checkup with my rheumatologist um and i talked a little bit more about that during the pre-show, if you're interested in checking that out. But I will say this, um, you know, upon arriving and getting checked in, went back with the nurse when, um, you know, it was time for me to see the doctor and I was asked to jump on the scale and I mm. said, no, <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm actually okay. No, thank you. I actually would not like to, to be weighed today. And the nurse was like, you know what? We don't abs- we don't need that. No problem. Not at all. <laughs> I know that's right. She was like, "Don't even okay. No worries. You, you're absolutely free to decline." That, that don't have nothing to do with these joints, baby. Literally I'll tell you that right now. Not uh, a, not you right know, now, a data don't. point that we need today. So mm-hmm. don't even stress yourself. And I was very proud of myself for setting a boundary. Yes. That protected my peace today, and um, yes. you know it was otherwise. A good appointment, all is well. I'm very grateful to say that. Um, And, you know, I learned, this is just a tidbit. So, you know, uh, the medication that I take for my RA also suppresses my immune system. So I have to be very uh, cautious around COVID. And Mm -hmm. what the doctor told me today that actually was quite illuminating was that um, because of my immunosuppressed condition, I probably need to be more mindful of my antibody levels and Mm -hmm. I can actually I'm eligible to sort of get multiple boosters and so the doctor was just sort of speculating and she was like you know it's not surprising that you got COVID when you did because you know honestly you should have gotten another booster in March Mm. um she was like your antibodies were were really low um just given the way that your immune system was set up and so Mm -hmm. it really does make a difference given the fact that i'm already vaccinated just sort of keeping the Mm -hmm. antibodies going and so since Mm -hmm. i got the the multiclonal antibodies (laughs) infusion as the treatment after testing positive for COVID, you know i'm i'm good right now until about Mm -hmm. july and then i can i can get another another booster so that's just a little extra for those of us in the immunocompromised gang if you are worried or concerned, um, you know, they're saying that for immunocompromised persons, especially for people who take immunosuppressant medication, um, you know, in my in my case, you know, antibody loads t- tend to go down at five to six months post vaccination. Mm-hmm. So it it may be mm-hmm. worth asking your doctors uh, if this is something that you um 
should think about or be concerned about. And I mean, if you want to sort of check your level of antibodies, you can check to see if mm-hmm. you still have them and how how high you have. That's a very simple blood test too. But that's just, yeah, that's my self-care. I protected my peace as a doctor and I got some some useful information for keeping myself safe going forward. So self-care. I think that is that is a pretty wonderful self-care this week. Yeah, yeah. In all honesty, especially holding boundaries. It's yes, like, indeed. you know what? No, I'm not like, going no, to actually, do that. I don't actually. really need to know how much I weigh right now. Thank you. <laughs> but thank you. I actually you have a good you have a good hold day, off miss, on okay? It. Why don't you just take this blood pressure? Deserve. Deserve. Let's get that going. Because we definitely need that. Yeah. That fluctuates quickly. Yes, indeed. My self-care this week um is, you know, I'm not really in the purse gang like that. There's Meow. a couple I got a couple bags I like and, a, you know, maybe one that I want, but that's not really my bag. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I bought myself a new purse. Treat yourself. What you get? And I got, uh, okay, so it is a black owned brand. Okay, we love to hear and it. And it is a leather purse. Ow, ow, ow. Um, It was like a forest green mm-hmm. and it's a circle purse. Really, really cute. It has a B on it and the brand is Hogoe Kepesu. Love it. Okay. Um, a luxury brand which inspires individuality, style, and expression through innovative craftsmanship. We love to see it. Uh, Hogoe's designs are rooted in her West African culture and maintain a truly global outlook by providing her own perspective to create timeless designs. And I feel like that purse is just a purse I'll have for a long time. I can carry it at any point in my life when I want to. And I love it. It's so cute. Uh, it's so, so cute. I got the, it's sold out now. It's a saddle handbag. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have, uh, I think, one color left available, the Honey Brown Bee Leather Saddle. I got the Forest Green Bee Leather Saddle, and she is very cute so i love that um, i don't know hogoe she does not know who i am this is not sponsored this is not any of that i was looking up you know just a bunch of different black owned brands because i'd like to support and you girls have made those telfar bags just (laughs) like a fucking (laughs) shit show to get you know what i'm saying it's very very like real world versus road rules oh, challenge. A bitch intense. has to wait on the line like I'm buying Jordans Very in 96. Intense. Very intense. So I said, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get me I'm going to get me one of those, too. But in the meantime, there's got to be other black people out here creating beautiful things. And that's how I came across Hagoe Kapesu and um, HK. And so I love it. I love my bag. And if you would like to look, it is H-O-G-O-E. K-P-E-S-S-O-U dot com. Um, it is literally one of my new favorite pieces. So that was my self-care this week. I just treated myself to a little leather bag. Perf McGurr. I love it. Yes. Let's get on to these petty peeves. Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. Uh-huh. Oh, friends. It's time for the petty peeves. So, um... I'm going to meet a friend for coffee mm-hmm. and her phone was broken. So we had to do a real 90s style, like meet me here at this time. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of refreshing. <laughs> um, nostalgic. Very nostalgic. <laughs> what I also realized was with that nostalgia comes 
complications. <laughs> it's like, oh man, like technology has taken a lot away from us, but it's given us a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not the point of this petty peeve. Um, so I'm going to meet her for coffee. We had to do it 90 style, set it up. That's cool. But the challenges that arose were where my petty peeve comes in. So a trip that should have taken me 18 minutes to get to in an Uber took me one hour and about 12 minutes. Um, a trip that should have been maybe a $26 Uber ride turned into a $90 Uber ride. Excuse me, Lyft. Because um, the Brooklyn Marathon. Jeez. So we're driving... And for whatever reason, it is so almost impossible to cross over uh, Empire. And so I'm like, well, what is happening right now? You're trying to, you can't go down Washington. You can't go down Flatbush. And every trick that I'm thinking of to tell this man, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to bust, go straight. And then we're going to go around the park and we're going to come up this way. Mm. Block. Everything was blocked. Mm-hmm and or gridlocked so we're like what is happening i had to drive all the way down to east new york come up utica go around like but it was come to find out it was because of the brooklyn marathon i learned that when i was one hour and 12 minutes late for meeting my home girl um and i'm standing outside the coffee shop and i'm like a phone's broken i am one hour and 12 minutes late I too would probably leave. Right. <laughs> so, so I stuck around for a minute, like tried to see if I could find her in some general locations. I couldn't. I pretty much figured it was what it was, but I had to at least give it a good effort because I'm the late one. And you know me. I know y'all joking, call me Lauren Hill, but I'm never one hour and 12 <laughs> minutes late to meet anybody. I think that's disgusting and inconsiderate and nasty. <laughs> and so I would never, ever do that or intentionally. It's, it was it just made it worse that I couldn't. Because at least if her phone wasn't broken, which that's out of anybody's control. But if it wasn't, I could have at least been like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm stuck. You have the option of going home or doing whatever you want to do. But because we couldn't, she's just literally waiting there for me with her child. And she ended up leaving 15 minutes before I got there, oh, which wow. I could not blame her um, for doing. But my petty peeve is for the Brooklyn Marathon. <laughs> well, How I discovered that it even happened is because I'm we're sitting here trying to figure out why traffic is the way that it is. And still didn't figure it out, even after he dropped me off. And then I'm standing outside the coffee shop and some people walk by with their medals around their neck. And I said, that's what the fuck did this? Well, well I don't understand. The well, least you all could have done. Why wasn't so, there some sort of notice? So I was going to say, there was no form of notice for the residents of the borough of Brooklyn that this was this going was, to I'm be like, what, what y'all want us to, if you want us to all to watch New York One? <laughs> like, that's what you want us to do? That's what we have to do in order to was find the out the there's news? a marathon? <laughs> Like, please give me something modern, nigga. You all put out Apple. You all do that shit for less. And then everybody's in the fucking Target and their phones are Are going off and they're going. (laughs) Yes, those. Yes. But what I'm saying is there's got to be a lower grade version, maybe a less 
traumatic sound, maybe a sound that doesn't alarm us as much, but oh, lets us know yes, there is something that's going to be quite impactful. You know, so just something, just something, nigga. Like, I can't just be Traffic planning for a regular Saturday and then I, it cost me $90, which was a complete, I didn't even meet her. It was $90 and an Wasted. hour and a half of my time. Wasted. It's pretty difficult. I'm sure oh, that's God. super frustrating. My yeah. my petty peeve is much more petty. Um, and a lot. I mean, it's just very straightforward. I don't have I don't have a build up here. So <clears throat> it's been brought to my attention that Pat Houston, oh, who God, is the demon. cousin, I believe the cousin of Satan of Whitney Houston. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Of Wait, Whitney what? Houston. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said Satan because Pat Houston is an evil. But I mean, announced that there's they're making yet another Whitney Houston. Don't say a movie. Movie. Let the movie poster has been released rest. today. The movie is starring an actress by the name of Naomi Aki. Aki. And the title of the film is called "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Oh God! It says. Uh, it says the poster says coming soon. Spell her last name. Uh, who? Aki A A Naomi A C K I E. The oh, poster's on Pat Houston's like Instagram Aki. page, and I saw it floating around Twitter earlier today. Um, there's no caption, and there's no uh other details around when this will be released. I just would like for y'all to let my auntie whitney rest. elizabeth houston mm-hmm. rest in the arms of the savior i mean truly whitney Y'all didn't has give that lady no peace while she was on this planet over 10 years now we are still grieving yeah let whitney rest yeah we don't need anymore feature films documentaries we don't need it the robin interview was probably the last the last piece of the and that was more about her being able to express her her own truth yes because she had to stay hidden which is why i had somebody else's i had no criticism of that Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but this Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. If put I my see foot down. one more actress with a wet wig on, shaking I it out of her eyes, want, I'm going to be upset. I wish for us all that we can just let Whitney rest. And this lady is gorgeous. I love. I she's gorgeous. She's, I just looked her up. Stunning. And I don't. Have I'd rather any, see her in something else. I don't have any qualm against her. Who like you mm-hmm. know? It's a job. I ain't, listen, girl. Gather up your checks. I don't have no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? If they came to me in a couple of years and said, Jade, we want you to play Raven Simone, <laughs> I'd say, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh man. But do you know that when Raven Simone was hosting 
one of the holiday baking championships on the Food Network? No, I did not. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is happening here? It was like the team Maybe composition. Simone stays with a check. I mean, I mean, I don't. You know, I respect the hustle, but it's just like the most random places she continues to show up. I mean, I from the mass singer to blackish to <laughs> she and was I mean, on the mass singer. Hell yeah. She was on the mass singer. This was a couple seasons ago, but she did the mass singer. I think she was the raven, the crow, the spider. I don't know. She had a big black costume or something. Child. Could she sing? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know she can, I know her. Yeah, she has a, yeah, she has a, and I mean, it was a, it was a good pick because she can sing, but she doesn't have like a really recognizable voice. So she had all of us viewers in a, we were in a lurch, like who on earth is this? Like I I know from her theme songs and her, you Mm -hmm. know, I know all of that, but I just didn't know. I was like, she's competition singing. Like she's okay. I mean, and she held her own. I want to say that she, um. I want to say that she got pretty far in the competition. Okay. Uh, And at one point, she, like, broke her arm and still... Oh, shit. Still performed. Yeah, she played the Black Widow. She was a a spider. Oh. And she did pretty well. It was season two. It was the second season of Mass Singer. I mean, but literally, the point I'm trying to make is that Raven Simone is everywhere. She's like Snoop. Yeah. Literally. She's like Snoop. And uh, I'm not mad at all i mean no. I, of course i want her to know that she's black but that's neither here nor there i f- oh, mm, i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nah. just leave nah. that right where it is i well yeah i was um Wee. but no yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she did pretty well she did pretty well oh jesus this was Lord. 2019 uh, she was on the mass singer I'm gonna go look at those old clips. Yeah, yeah I mean, she, she does show did up everywhere. pretty well, and I mean, she had a stumped. It was like you know sometimes, and I feel like maybe it's because the mass singer has is maybe in its it's in its later seasons now, and I almost feel like we're starting to. I don't want to say we're starting to run out, but sometimes the, the, to me the choices are very obvious. Like when um, they put Tony Braxton in that puffer fish costume, I was like, that ain't okay. nobody but Tony Braxton, y'all. Please. there's no like and tony can't help but be tony like don't do that we all knew it was gladys knight we all knew but that's what i'm saying like we always have some of these things but it's so fascinating because i feel like the judges on the mass singer we're on a tangent but the judges on the mass singer i almost feel like they are instructed and or paid to just say bogus guesses at one point because every season somebody thinks a black woman is aisha tyler and I'm like, well, what? I didn't even know Aisha Tyler could say. This is what I'm saying. Why do we think this is Aisha <laughs> Tyler? And then they just say the most random things. It'll be like, uh, it will be like a little, like, uh, I'm going to tell you who just got voted off the last episode I watched was Jennifer Holiday. Oh. Yeah, right? Real Has good. Tamia ever been a part? Mm-mm. But I knew it was Jennifer See, Holiday. like Shantae Moore. This is what I'm, I'm sorry. saying. Go ahead. But like Jennifer Holiday has a very distinct voice. And if you have yeah. are any any kind of familiar with her, you will know. So like people were You'll saying know. stuff like Gloria Gaynor or this or you know, but then like Robin Thick or somebody will say something random, like, I think this is Monica. Girl, if you don't get your what? behind, it was like, it's like they just say <sighs> the dumbest things. <laughs> or it'll be like or it'll be like, uh, you know, that's clearly, um, that's clearly Mary J. Blige. No, girl, it is not. <laughs> it's not Mary J. Blige. 
clearly not clearly but i mean it's just so crazy but yeah i don't i didn't watch last week's episode i gotta get caught up the point that i'm trying to make is raymond simone is everywhere and i just lost it when because somebody would absolutely ask you to play raymond simone i know and i wouldn't Can't be good you see it? i wouldn't be good and I'm going to have to, they're, you know, get up there and be chesty and busty. and I mean, just a big, light-skinned lesbian. With my white wife. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay will feel what? Right at home. Okay. Oh, my God. Not with a white one. <laughs> no, not with a white wife. That is where we will have to do a hard stop. But, uh, yes. Oh, my God. I hate you all. No, Thank you for tuning in so to much. another episode of this show. This disaster <laughs> of a show that we call Getting Grown. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. Shout out to our amazing guest, Bola. You guys, make sure oh that you gosh. pre-order her book. It will be available. Yes. I think she said July 6th, but sometime this summer. Get your lives. She's a sweet yes brilliant woman who has a wealth of information we've already decided we're going to have her back to talk about investing because just in yeah, 15 seconds relatable. she got me and Jade together on the investment <laughs> boots okay hello and so sorry you all missed out on that but it'll just be on the next financial episode yes we'll have her back very soon we've already talked about it but love you guys and take us out sis Make sure you guys are going ahead and minding that business of yours, okay? And not anybody else's. Uh, drink your water because we want to moisturize our insides mm-hmm. by minding our business and moisturize our insides by taking in that which is life, yes. water. Yes. And lastly, you want to make sure that you are moisturizing your outside situation just as much as your inside situation. Oh, yes. And there's a very big reason for that. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's dry. Bye. Peace out, y'all. Bye.